in strategic positions and have them to do according to their purpose that God has created for them. God has a specific purpose for each and every one of us. He didn't create you and then say, hmm, what's your job? No, God created a purpose and then you were birthed to fulfill that purpose. But in 2022, we're going to look at the year of positioning, getting ourselves in place to do what God would have us to do. Now, before I get into the message, um, well, I tell you what, I'm just going to get right into the message. Amen. While this while the spirit is high, I'm just going to get right into the message. Now, again, we're going to make this simple. Uh, you all know the number seven is the number of completion. So the seventh book in the Bible is the book of Judges. And what year is this? 2022, right? So we're going to go to the 20th chapter and the 22, 22nd verse. And I'm not going to go back and read all that I, that was read last week. But it says here, uh, when the children went of the children of Israel went to fight against uh, the Benjamites, it says in the 22nd verse, but the Israelites encouraged each other after they had um, suffered a violent defeat. But the children of the, excuse me, the Israelites encouraged each other and took their, what, positions again at the same place they had fought the previous day. So it's about your position. It's about your position. They knew where to take up their positions. So they had to encourage themselves. And I'm telling you, there are certain things that we can do to encourage ourselves, but they collectively encouraged themselves. They encouraged one another. And we know that even with COVID coming on or with COVID being here, that people are feeling some kind of way about um, um, being back in church. And we understand that. So if you cannot be in church, or you choose not to be in church, please don't neglect the word of God. Don't neglect the teaching that you need to receive. And I, when I say you, I'm talking about me as well. All of us need the word of God, and all of us need each other. Just because Pastor Wendy is the pastor, because Pastor Robert is the pastor, it does not mean we don't need prayer. It does not mean we don't need you. We need each other. So this is the year of positioning. So on today, we're going to talk about your value to the kingdom. Your value to the kingdom. Now, today, we're going to I need you to put on your imagination caps. Because we're going to be talking about yourself, about what you are worth. Now, if you want to be a car today, you can be a car. If you want to be a diamond ring, you can be a diamond ring. If you want to be a house today. But we're going to talk about you. And, and I want you to kind of use yourself something tangible that's very valuable. All right. But y'all work with me. There are going to be times or there have been times uh, we see this always on the news that people will go hiking or go camping. And then they find themselves in a situation where there's bad weather or maybe someone got hurt. So they're able to reach uh, dispatchers who say, okay, where's your location? Do you know where you are? And they find them. Then they'll usually send a team in on the ground 
and that team will find them, and they say, well, look, this is really urgent. We need to get them out of there. We're going to call for a helicopter. And the helicopter will come to them, but it says, guess what? We can't get the helicopter to where they are because of the vegetation. But those on the ground will do what? They will move them. They need to be what? Repositioned. They need to be in a position to where they can be helped and to be pulled to safety. So we can't always say, God, I need, to, I need you to meet me right here. And God will meet you right there. But in order for God to bless us, God's saying, you need to look at your position. You need to look at your position. I'm here for you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But you have to look at your position. Now, we're going to we're we're tweaking this just a little bit. Last week, I defined the word position. Now, I'm not going to go back over that definition, but we're going to look at the word positioning. And this is where I need you to use your imagination. We're going to be talking about ourselves in the marketplace. Think of yourself in the marketplace. And when I say, y'all, listen, I'm on, and I'm going to repeat this. We're not selling ourselves, all right? But think of yourself of what you have to offer in the marketplace. And those who know you, when I say the marketplace, I mean whether it's Walmart, whether it's on your job, in your community, somewhere other than in the church. Because I don't need you to witness to me in church. You can encourage me, but I don't need you to witness to me, and you don't need, you know, because we can help each other. It's a dying world out there. Y'all follow me? But positioning defines where your product, whether it's an item or a service, right, doctor? It's a service, stands in relation to others offering similar products and services in the marketplace as well in the mind of the consumer. So that's what your value is. Why are people going to look at you and say, I want the Jesus that you have? It defines the product or the service in how people see Jesus in you. Are we presenting Jesus in a way that they're saying, yeah, I want that. Now, they're not buying it from us, but we're definitely selling it. Y'all follow me when I say selling it? We're not getting any money for witnessing the salvation and the goodness of God. Now, listen to this. I'm, it's too much to put on the screen. A description of positioning is, and we're talking about in corporate. A good positioning makes a product unique and makes its users consider it in uh, using it a distinct benefit to them. We only buy stuff that's going to be good for us. You don't just, you know, I'm not going to buy a blender because I don't have a need for a blender. But it's distinct to us. A good position gives the product a USP, which is a unique selling proposition. In a marketplace cluttered with lots of products and brands offering similar benefits, a good positioning makes the brand or product stand out from the rest, confers with the ability to charge even a higher price. If your product is that good, you can say, I'm charging more. Well, why? Because what I have is worth it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And stave off the competition from others. A good position in the market also allows a product and its company to ride out bad times more easily. When you've got a good product in times like this, when COVID is, is rampant, 
when you've done your research and you've, you've done all you should do, when hard times hit, you can make it. And finally, a good position is one which allows the flexibility of your brand or product in extension, changes, distribution, and advertising. So having said all of that, we can say, well, our God is better than the God that you serve. How? He has a track record. Here, here, here's a classic example. Whether, we, whether anyone believes in God or not, whether they choose to follow Jesus Christ or not, consider this fact. All the world recognizes Jesus Christ by simply one thing. Time. Time. Because time was tracked all the way up until the time before Jesus was born. And then time changed in the time after he was born. This is the year, what, 2022. And all of this is marked simply by the birth of Jesus Christ. So these are track records. What, what book in the world has sold more copies than any other book? The Holy Bible. So, I mean, there's just, we can just go over things after things after things that prove that our God is awesome. So when we look at ourselves, and when I talk about ourselves, our value to the kingdom, I want to ask some questions. I want to ask some questions. All right? The first question is this. If you were a product, what is about you that makes you stand out? If you were a product, and when I say you, I mean, what is it about the God in you? The gifts that God has given you? Your personality, your love, how you treat people, how you talk to people. What is it about you that makes you stand out, that makes you valuable to the kingdom? No, number two, if you were in a closet or in storage, are you worth keeping? Meaning God has given us certain things in our ability, uh, in, in our lives. You know, you... You used to go next door and make sure you checked on your neighbors. You used to let people, you know, you would sit at the corner and let people cross in front of you. All the things that we used to do, we used to just, I won't say we used to, but things that we used to do, we don't do them anymore. And so those things are now in a closet. And some of us have rules that say, you know something? Eh, that thing's been sitting in the closet. I'm going to give it to Goodwill. I'm not using it anymore. So are we, do we have things in our lives that we have put in storage, we put in closet, and God's saying, you need to take that out and use it. And you're like, no, nah, God, I'm good. You can get rid of it. You can take it. Question number three. If you were purchased, meaning your gifts and who you are, who are you of greater value to, the buyer or the seller? The old saying, one man's trash is another man's tra treasure. But also think, think about this. The devil never fought for you. He was only happy to have you. The devil never fought for you. He was only glad that you were on his team. Anything he could do to continuously create havoc in your life, he was good for that. But he never said, no, I'm doing this for you because I believe in you. I trust you. 
I want the best for you. The devil never did that, and he never will. When any of us are going to make a major purchase, what do we do first? We want to do our research. You can ask a friend. You can ask a neighbor. Ask someone you know. A lot of us will go on the Internet. Uh, and we were talking even before the service. They'll come out with a brand new phone, and we're like, hey, I got to get the new phone. Have you done the research? How long has this phone been out? How many people go online and find out, are people having problems with this particular phone? You'll go on the Internet, and trust me, if you go to the producer who makes the phone, they're always going to tell you how great it is. But before we do anything, we need to do our research. We know that the price of redemption has already been paid by Jesus. However, if we were going to sell ourselves, and, and, and again, I, I use that word very uh, tenderly. Now, remember, in the book of Acts, there was Simon the sorcerer who saw the apostles use the gift of healing and other gifts. And he asked, I want, he said, how much do I have to pay to get this gift? And we're not talking about trying to physically buy anything. But we want people to desire the gift and the gifts that God has put in us. So you're saying what we should be saying is, yeah, you can have this. But understand, it's not it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything, not like you think. Let's look at some of the things that of a good report that will sell. Because we know as long as men have been advertising, men and women, we know what they say. Sex sells. Am I right? They say sex sells. But we're talking about things of a good report. Things of a good report. And keep in mind that as many products that are out there on the market, that God, or as many things that have been out there on the market, occasionally you'll hear about a recall. But when God puts us out there, God has never had to recall his people. God has never. Now, we, he'll put us in check, but God has never had to recall his people. Now, there's basically two different standards for anything that you want to buy. For me, there's at least two different standards, whether I'm buying it for me or I'm buying it for someone else. I have two different standards because if I'm buying it for you, I'm going to make sure I'm going to I'm going to make sure that it's something that you really want. And I don't want to just give you something like it's your birthday. It's like uh, give me some socks. Oh, yeah, everybody needs socks. I want to make sure that I give you something that you really want. You're going to use and not just put it in storage and then later regift it and give it to somebody else. And think about it. If you're buying uh, a pair of pants for a three-year-old, how much research do you really need to do? You're going to think about how long are these pants going to last? Um, who made them? And in probably about four or five months, they're going to outgrow them. So you're going to think about how much time you're going to spend researching for a pair of pants for a three-year-old Versus when you're going to buy pants for your a pair of pants for yourself. So. Let's talk about. The product attributes attributes 
product attributes. This is a specific feature or benefit of a product. Now, women, I'll say when you buy a purse, don't you want to buy a purse that looks a little different than everyone else's purse? When you buy a pair of shoes, you want a pair of shoes that looks a little different from all the other shoes because we're people that want compliments. That's us. That's our human nature. But your product has, uh, uh, we want to have a specific feature or benefit. Positioning in a way that focuses on one or two best features, benefits relative to the competitive offering. What special features or benefits does the product you have, what does it have? Why do I want the Jesus that you say that lives in you? What special benefits? I was thinking, um, Pastor Winnie and I both drive Toyotas, but I was thinking possibly about purchasing another vehicle. And I was looking at a Lamborghini, how do you say it? Aventator SV. A Lamborghini. Y'all know, everybody knows what the Lamborghini is, right? Sticker price is $497,000. But hey, I serve an awesome God. I serve, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. But when I started doing my research, I found out that this 497000 I think it's $845 car, does not have cup holders. It doesn't have cup holders. You mean to tell me for all that money, I don't get a cup holder? It's a deal breaker. I'll stick to my Toyota. <laughs> I got nine cup holders in my truck. <laughs> But it's specific. You mean to tell me people with that much money don't get thirsty? That you don't want a, a latte or something to sip on while you. So anyway, but it's it's the best features or benefits of having what you want. So what's so special about this God? What is it in you that draws others to you? We should be selling Jesus all the time, not ourselves. Not to make us ourselves look differently or better than others, but we should be selling Jesus. So there are six characteristics that I want to go through. Six attributes, should I say. Six attributes that we're going to be selling on today. Appeal, reputation, reliability, consistency, longevity, and transparency. Now, think about something that you might um, not so much, um, well, yeah, a pair of shoes. Do they appeal? Uh, I, don't, I don't buy women's clothes. Is Karen, who is it, Karen's? Scott, yeah. You know, is it Karen Scott or is it Walmart? Reliability. Oh, yeah, I knew some people that had some, some shoes like this. Man, you know, tennis shoes. Don't buy them for your kids because the, the soles are going to come off of them real quick. Consistency. How long has this company been on the market? Have, have they been out there? Longevity. Again, how long is this product going to last? 
And some people, you know, they'll say, hey, I want a second car. Or they'll say, I bought a car. You know, it's like, how much did you pay for? I paid $500. The thing lasted me two years. Guess what? I got my money's worth out of it. I didn't put any money into it. Passed a couple of inspections. So I'm good. And then transparency. Whoever you bought it from, did they tell you everything about that product? All right? So real quickly. Well, I, I don't want to say real quickly. Let's look at appeal. 1 Samuel 16 and 7, it says this. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance. And he's talking about David or at his physical stature. And I'm reading from the New King James Version because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see, um, does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at his heart. You know, when that person that you fell in love with, your first date or your last date or whatever, you know, people squabble back and forth about love at first sight. It may not have been love at first sight, but they saw something in you that physically attracted them to you. So what is it that attracts other people to you in your value to the kingdom? Because if our face is all jacked up, we walk around and it's like people, how many times have you heard the phrase, people say something like, you know something, when I first met you, I, I didn't like you. I didn't think I could talk to you, but I find out, you know, oh, you're just as home down to earth as I am. But what made them not want to talk to you? It's because of our appeal. Reputation. People can be funny about their money. Real funny about that money. But for most of us, um, if you're going to spend a lot of money and it's something you plan on keeping, you're going to make special preparations and do your homework. Now, if you, like myself, if you've ever been overseas, primarily Germany, where we get a lot of good cars, if you go to get in a taxi or get in a cab, you're not going to get into a, a Fiat or a Volkswagen. Volkswagens are made in Germany. You're not going to get in one of those. When you flag down a cab and you don't really flag them down because they're usually sitting in one place or you call for one, you're going to get in either a Mercedes, a BMW, an Audi, or one of those top-of-the-line cars that we spend a lot of money for. Why? Not because they're trying to show off, but because these companies have a reputation for making cars that are going to last. First Peter Chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you can proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. That's how God sees you. The man, excuse me, not the man, the God who made me has a reputation that everything he makes is good. Everything he makes is perfect. Psalms 139 says that I was fearfully and wonderfully made. That was even before I got saved. But he says now that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That's who you are. That's your value to the kingdom. Number three. Y'all getting anything out of this? Reliability. 
reliability. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have of God, and it's not of your own? Our bodies are a temple. And look at this. It says, for you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. Notice Paul makes a distinction to the church at Corinth. He doesn't say just glorify God with all that you have. He says glorify him how? In your body and in your spirit. Glorify God in your body. So are we, I had my checkup back in November, and it still resonates with me, the things my doctor told me I needed to start doing. But we're not taking care of our body. And I'm, I'm not picking on anyone. I'm saying as a society, we are not taking care of our body. And when we're not feeling good, we can't help other people. When you're not feeling good, you can't help other people. We're not reliable. I was going to help you today, but oh, my back is hurting me. Oh, I can't help you. I got this headache. Oh, my stomach is hurting. And there's so many things that are within our control that we are not doing. We are not glorifying God in our bodies, our bodies which are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Number four, consistency. Consistency. Let's look at Daniel chapter 1. It says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried out of the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasures of, his, of the house of his God. Then the king instructed um, Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles. Young men, young women. It ain't. And I'm telling you about your value. I'm not taking away from what the scripture says, but yourself, put yourself in that position whom there was no blemish. Y'all are good looking, just like the, they were gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand. Doesn't that describe y'all? Doesn't that describe y'all? <laughs> Amen. Who had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of wine which he drank and three years, three years of training so that at the end of that time they might serve the king. But Daniel, verse 8, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacy nor with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. This is about being consistent. Just because people are doing a certain thing, we can't just say, like, like we say, 
Well, Mama, everybody else is doing it. And what did Mama say? If everybody else jumped off a bridge, are you going to jump off a bridge too? And it's so easy for us to say, you know something? If everybody else on the job is doing it, I'm going to do it too because I don't want to make waves and I need my paycheck. I need my check. I need my check. But we have to be consistent. When it comes to the word of God and th anything that's contrary to God, we've got to be consistent. Because people are going to look at you and say, I thought you was a Christian. Why are you doing everything everybody else is doing? And they will pick up. They don't even know the word of God. Remember how I said the devil's not going to fight for you? The devil will also see right through you. Longevity. Longevity, point number five. Luke 2 and 25. And it says, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, understand, this is the... This is what we call the New Testament, but really it's the Old Testament. The Gospels, Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are really part of the Old Testament because testament means will. Like when we die, we offer a will. And testament, according to Jesus, since Jesus had not died yet, this is still part of the old. The point I'm trying to make is, but the Holy Spirit, which did not really come on the scene until the book of Acts, was already upon this man, Simon. And the, and the Bible says in verse 26, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. Can you imagine that kind of promise when God says, I'm not going to let you die until this is fulfilled. I'm not going to let this happen until this is fulfilled. Whatever the things that you have been praying for. And he was praying, as it says, for the consolation of Israel. And God says, I'm going to make you this promise to you. You will not die. And then finally, my last point. And before I get to the scripture, transparency. Let me tell you this. A little bit of a little bit of American history in April 1990 or excuse me, April 1970. President Richard Nixon signed into law banning. Any commercials on TV or radio advertising cigarettes. Any of us remember Marlboro Man. Y'all remember the Marlboro Man. But in, as of 1970, no more commercials on TV about cigarettes. What's the other most addictive drug in our society? Alcohol. However, December 31st, 2021. How long ago was that? Uh, just a few, just a few weeks. Just what's the date? The ninth? Less than two weeks ago. Andy Cohen was on CNN along with, with Anderson Cooper hosting a New Year's Eve celebration. This man is actually taking shots. He is actually drinking alcohol, taking shots. 
They said about 45 minutes or so, about a quarter, about a quarter after 11, about 45 minutes into or before the strike of midnight, he starts drinking on live TV. And he's just going at it. And, and Pastor Wendy and I were down at her dad's house, and we were like, okay, who do we want to watch? Who do we want to watch? And we saw them, and I didn't know what was going on, but I was like, eh, I don't want to watch that. I want to watch something more traditional. But here he is. He's just sitting here, and he's taking shots. Well, guess what? If you want to find out what a person is really all about, and I don't, I don't condone this, but they say when they get drunk, you'll find out the truth. And so he just starts blabbing off at the mouth. He starts blabbing off at the mouth. And, I mean, he's just having a good time. But then finally, he makes remarks about uh, Ryan Seacrest. Um, and I, I can't remember what he said. And then the, a band, a rock band called Journey is singing, but the lead singer, Steve Perry, is not with the band like he used to be for whatever reason. And so he's like, ah, oh, they're, not, they're not any good, blah, 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 and all these other things. And this man is drunk on live national TV, wherever it's being broadcast. And so after the fact, he doesn't apologize. Uh, I'll put it this way. He only apologizes for what he said about Ryan Seacrest and the band. But as far as his drinking, he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. They served me alcohol and I drank it. And this is what the news had to say about it. Andy said something he shouldn't have on TV. He said something. Not what he did. He said something. A spokeswoman for the network said in a statement obtained by People magazine, we've addressed it with him and look forward to having him back next year. This man is drunk on national TV and you're like, oh, yeah, he said some stuff now. But we've told him, don't do it again. And hey, we're going to have you back next year. This is the world we're living in. This is how we have to show our value of the kingdom versus what the world is showing us. Now, there's some, and, and I try to figure out, okay, I thought they banned alcohol and its, and its uh, um, display on national TV. Now, there are many rules that are out there. For one, beer commercials can't have anyone in them under the age of 25. If you see a beer commercial, no one in that commercial can be under 25. If it's a commercial, people can't drink beer on the commercial. They can drink it on live TV, but they can't drink it in a commercial. You can't show beer commercials that have cartoons or other figures that would otherwise entice children to drink. You can't show beer commercials at times when children are most likely to be watching TV, such as right after school. But Galatians, and I mean, it's like all these, well, what can we do, what we can't do? And guess what? Even those who actually manufacture beer don't even push the issue because they don't want the backlash from the public. All of these different rules. But what does the Bible says? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And this is the thing. Against, against such, there is no law. 
There's regulations about what can be on TV and what you can say and what you can't say. Oh, you can drink. Oh, no, you're not supposed to drink. There was a commercial about Heineken, and they made a joke about it because this one actor took the bottle and put it up to his mouth. It's like, hey, you can't do that. And this was actually a commercial. It's like, hey, because kids might be watching. But the Bible says of these, there is no law. There's no law that says, oh, you can't love that person. That's against the law. No. And we're talking about biblical law. You can't have peace. Why can't I have peace? I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. But this is the transparency that we need. How is it that you function? I'm going to tell you, this is how I function, because I rely on God. I don't rely on what man tells me. Because, like I said at the beginning, I'm liable to change on you. I'm liable to change on you at the drop of a hat, because something in my life has changed. And so finally, in closing, I'm going to say this. When it comes to being transparent, we don't always want to put ourselves out there. And, and mind you, you can't tell everybody your business. The other day um, when I was at work, um, I pulled up to make a delivery. And uh, I think I was on the phone with Pastor Wendy. Um, and so I'm talking on the phone, and then another truck pulls up beside me, very unusual for this particular location. And so me and the other driver get out, and we start talking. And so um, it's like, hey, how you doing, and where are you coming from, and all these other things. And I made a statement to him. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I said, I love this job. I said, I'll, out of any job I've ever worked, I said, I love this job. I said, I never get up, and yeah, may, I may be a little tired, but I never say I don't want to go to work today because I just I just love what I do. I said, but, you know, also I realized when I was younger, I didn't make all the right financial decisions. I didn't always do right by my money. And so we got to talking a little bit more. Then he turned around and said, well, you know, um, I mean, real nice guy, really nice. Somebody I feel like I could talk to, you know, like, hey, how you doing and all that. But then he turns around and he tells me. Oh, yeah, when I was younger, yeah, I, I did right by my money. Uh, yeah, yeah, look at the picture of, my, of, of this car I got. Look at, the, look at the picture of this motorcycle I got. Look at, look at my house. Look at this deck I just put on my house. Uh, look at my wife's car. Uh, I got five, he told me, I have five 401Ks. All of these things he began <laughs> to boast about. And I'm like, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> and I'm like, Man, I should have never told him about, about my life. But I can't regret about being transparent because people need to know that you're vulnerable. If we're all about, oh, God is good all the time and all the time God is good. Guess what? You're human. You are flesh and blood. And the Bible tells us that we have not a high priest who can't not be touched with the feelings of our infirmity. Jesus knows when you're hurting. And it doesn't hurt to tell people about who you are and what you're going through. But later on that night, I had a dream. And in that dream, there was a man who was being pinned down by a, like a large garage door, like a commercial garage door, big, heavy door. He was being pinned down by it. It kept coming down, and it took everything he had 
to hold it up. I mean, he's laying on the ground trying to hold this door from from crushing him. At the same time, somebody is shooting at him. And what am I doing? I'm standing there talking to him. I'm in no danger. And I began to tell this man, and we have a conversation about my life and what I'm doing. And this man in this position being crushed by this door and being shot at is condemning me for the life that I was living or the life that I had lived. I told him about my past. And he was like, man, what were you doing? What are you doing? And I'm like, dude, you're about to die. And the Lord told me, and putting it all together, I was like, Lord, what does that mean? This man thinks he's so great because he didn't make the mistakes he he didn't make the mistakes I made. And the Lord just told me, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and die and lose his soul? It's nothing wrong with having things as long as things don't have us. The most important thing that we should be asking ourselves is, what is my value to the kingdom? What is my value to the kingdom? Are people seeing me as a jewel or are they seeing me as junk? Am I going along with the crowd or am I just standing off to myself and saying, no, I'm not going to do like, like da- Daniel did. No, I'm not going to eat what you were eating. I'm not doing what you're doing. So I hope you all got something out of this. I hope you see yourself, and when I say your imagination, using your, your, your imagination, you know, if you're a car or a house, do you see yourself as being something valuable? Seeing yourself as who God created you to be, and you are precious. You are precious in his sight. So having said that, I want to um, invite you extend to you the invitation to the kingdom of God on today. Maybe you, you're saying, well, I don't know what my value is. Well, if you read the word of God, it doesn't take long. In the beginning, God created, and he created man and woman in his image. That tells you right there. That's how much God loves you. So we want to extend to you right now the invitation to come unto God. Don't don't get in that mindset that you have to say, well, there's some things in my life I got to I got to get right first. You know, you know, I, I'm just I'm just too messed up, man. If I, if I walk in the church, man, the building's going to fall on me. Well, if it's going to fall, it's going to fall on us first. That's just like saying, well, you know, I, I've been having. You know, I've been having the, these pains in my side, and, you know, and I think my kidney's going bad. But, you know, before I go to the doctor, i got to get myself straight. Well, that defeats the purpose of going to the doctor. If you can heal yourself, you don't need a doctor. And if we could save ourselves, we wouldn't need God. So, Father, we thank you. We praise you. We honor you. Lord, we understand that we were fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. But there are people right now who need to come to you, and we're praying for their souls. So we pray that, we ask that they would pray this prayer with me. And it doesn't matter where you are and what you're doing. You can be sitting, you can be kneeling, you can be driving in your car, but just say this prayer, Lord Jesus, 
I ask you now to come into my heart. Receive me as your child. I've lived a life short of your will. I've lived in sin, and I have not lived up to your standards. You have given me a purpose, and I want to fulfill it. So accept me now as your child. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, whether you never knew Jesus or you rededicated your life, now you are on your way to the kingdom. It's up to you to find yourself in a place where you can be taught the word of God. Whether whether you come to Open Altar Worship Center or another church in your area, get to a place where you can be taught. Get to a place where you can receive the word of God. And I'm telling you, the reason why we have so many different religions is because people refuse to sit under someone else's teaching. And they decided to create something that God didn't want them to have. If you need prayer on making a spiritual decision, we want you to connect with us at OA Connect. Text OA Connect at 55498. 55498. We're not telling you, and if you do this, we're not making you or asking you to be a member or a partner of this church. We're simply saying we want to pray and agree with you. That's all, because we're part of the family now. We are part of the family of God. So we thank you for watching. We thank you for viewing, and we pray God's blessings and peace be upon you. In Jesus' name, until the next time, amen. Um...